you're developing your international business, one thing is often forgotten, cultural differences. The Culture Matters International Business Podcast does exactly that. Focus on international business and cultural differences. Chris and Peter guide you through the maze of business and cultural differences in every podcast episode. Get the global perspective here at the Culture Matters International Business Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to the Culture Matters Podcast on international business. My name is Chris Smith. And I'm Peter van der Lende. You're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast on international business. We are on episode 159. If you have not subscribed, uh, you can do so now. Uh, Preferably go to culturematters.com. Today... We want to talk about something different than we normally talk about. Normally we talk about national culture. We would like to talk a little bit about organizational culture. And we call this uh, topic uh, today, how Amazon effed up its organizational culture. And uh, I think there's a lot of uh, articles written and opinions uh, thrown around about Amazon over the years. And I think it's interesting to go a little bit into detail of what exactly happened over the past years. And Amazon, of course, became a huge company, very successful. But it also, it's also in the news because of other things. Uh, so what, uh, what we will be talking about is what is organizational culture exactly? Uh, can it be changed? What happened with Amazon? And also some uh, we will throw in some other examples. Yes. So, Chris, uh, to start off, I think maybe you can set the stage a little bit and mm-hmm. tell the audience what uh, what is organizational culture. All right. Hi, Peter. Welcome uh, to, the, to, to this podcast as well. Thank you for the introduction here. Um, what is organizational culture and what is the difference between organizational culture and international culture? Well, the way that I see it is, is that we talk, as you say, we talk a lot about international culture, which is basically the difference, say, between the United States and Mexico or Germany and India or take whatever countries you have. Now, on the flip side of uh, national culture, what makes Americans Americans is their national culture. But what makes Amazon Amazon is their organizational culture. And that's the flip side of the in the international culture, if that makes sense, right? So the the, the point here is um, what what you you cannot make national culture. You cannot change American culture. What you can change is the business culture or the organizational culture of an an organization that is makeable if you want adjustable and that is something typically that amazon has done and with that they've gone over the top as well so um does that does that make any sense you can that you can change the the organizational culture but you cannot change the americans being americans or being the germans being germans yeah i I think so and i think we will go into a little bit more detail uh, later uh, on that very topic, uh, what is interesting uh, is that, of course, uh, a national culture is what it is. An American is an American, German is a German. It, it, it tends not to change over time, at least not dramatically. Maybe, you know, over the, the decades, slight changes, but the, 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 um, uh, the differences between culture kind of are remain constant, right? Yes. And there's, of course, also a direct uh, relationship between national culture as uh, an organizational culture but as you said um, national culture is what it is and organizational 
culture can change. So for the national culture, of course, we always use uh, the um, the dimensions, the four dimensions, mm-hmm. uh, just to name them again. It's a hierarchy, uh, it's loyalty or loyalty to group or loyalty to self, it's goal orientation uh, and predictability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we talk about four, the four dimensions of national culture, is there an equivalent uh, uh, for uh, organizational culture? Well, in a way, there is. I mean, it, it's for this. For this, we use within culture matters. We use seven dimensions of organizational culture, and you can link that more or less directly to uh, the McKinsey Seven S model. Uh, McKinsey developed this, I think, in the nineteen eighties or something like that. Uh, you can Google this as well. McKinsey's Seven S model, like S S in Sierra. Um, and the seven SSR, and basically what you should look at, look at this like a, like a star, if you want, and around it, you can see skills, system, staff, style, structure, strategy. And in the core, it says um, it's culture. It's organizational culture in this case. That makes seven in total. Um, there are some, some so-called fast variables and slow variables, like something like um, systems you can change really quickly. For instance, think of a time management system where people have to clock in when they come in and clock out when they, when they go out. Um, so that's a system you can change that really fast as well. Staff you can change really fast as well. Skills is something you can change relative, relatively fast as well. But the style of an organization, in other words, what what the what the style is that it breathes out, if you want, that is something that takes a lot longer. That's organizational culture. The structure of an organization, that's organizational culture. And of course, the strategy, that's organizational culture as well. And I'm referring to the article that you can find on culturematters.com where um, it says uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Uh, unfortunately, that's not a quote that I invented, but it's um, uh, uh, Peter, uh, Peter Drucker, I think, made up this quote. Um, and I think it's true. Organizational culture, national culture eats strategy for breakfast. And this is, again, something that happened to Amazon as well. Now. You have seven dimensions of organizational culture, and maybe Peter, you have some examples of how an organizational culture uh, can, can can change or has been changed as well. Would you have some examples for this? Yeah, so that's I think it's it's a nice way to set up uh, the next topic, and that is, of course, we want to go back to uh, Amazon because that's what the name of the um, the topic is today. Uh, but when we talked earlier, Chris, and we went over some of the things uh, in the past where we both have been part of or 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 specific examples in the, in the countries that uh, we are familiar with where we saw an organizational change is interesting to just mention real quick. Uh, one is uh, an example that uh, I think you have mentioned uh, earlier in an earlier podcast of mm-hmm. the Dutch supermarket chain, uh, Albert Heijn, where... I guess you could say there was almost a typical Dutch culture for like, you know, you figure, tell the customer to figure it out themselves, right? Uh, Where is the sugar? Well, don't bother me as an employee. I'm trying to fill up this. uh, I don't salt. I don't do sugar. (laughs) Yes. I'm here at the store. I'm here at the, at the, at the vegetables. Uh, The sugar is not here. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you, You should find the sugar yourself uh, right. and so that's kind of like almost down-to-earth dutch way of doing business as well like don't bother me with uh, stupid questions uh, y- you might be the customer but i'm not sure if i care <laughs> kind of <laughs> Indeed. and uh, of course at some point competition increases customers start to complain and on purpose 
they started to change the culture where they trained the employees to drop everything they're doing and walk with the customer to where the sugar is. Correct. And this is, by the way, in my mind, a very American thing to do. Uh, but as we discussed earlier as well, it depends on which supermarket you're talking about. For example, in my neighborhood, I live in the United States, you have Publix. They do that. They drop everything they have and they mm -hmm. walk with you to the sugar. Mm -hmm. If you're in Walmart, that's not happening. Uh, so that's a, a cultural, a, a organizational culture where Walmart is very different than Publix. Yeah. Or uh, another one is, by the way, and then I will mention just one more example, is uh, we are both from the Netherlands originally. We lived in different countries. You are in Guatemala right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you went to the supermarket there. I don't know if it fits, but uh, you can talk about it maybe later on how that fits in terms of uh, organizational culture of that supermarket as well as the national culture. But lastly, so that was changed on purpose. And then the, the other one is I went through the merger with Northwest Airlines and Delta Airlines at the time. Totally different corporate cultures. Northwest was a very basic, down-to-earth uh, organizational culture. Even there were crazy stories about uh, the, the toilets not having doors at, at some point in time because the CEO thought that people were taking too much time doing number two, uh, etc., and but it was a very tough sales culture so they wanted to make the best deals possible for companies to fly with northwest and very aggressive and delta was a southern airline very friendly and uh, almost like relationship based and they merged and it became a completely new culture and delta has been named the number one airline the best airline uh, a few times and uh, customers love them etc uh, so that's a long story to kind of say, yes, organizational culture change. You can do it on purpose. You can say, like, we need to change this. Maybe it evolves over time in something different. Mm -hmm. uh, in you, if, if, you, if, you trans, if you take all of these observations and you take it back to Amazon, what happened to Amazon if you would apply some of these stories and dimensions on Amazon? Okay, so all right. So what what you have, what we have here, is a as an organizational culture model. Is we have the national culture, which Peter explained already, but we also have a model for to explain and work with or, uh, organizational uh, organizations and organizational culture as well. Um, very briefly, I mean, what happened here? What I think. Uh, let me just mention these dimensions, uh, so you have an idea. Without going into detail, what they what they really mean, I'll pick out two dimensions to explain what I think happened to to Amazon in this case. So what we have here is we have um, two dimensions at play here with Amazon. And in total, we consider that there are seven dimensions of organization, organizational culture, which is one is one is organizational effectiveness. Number two is customer uh, orientation. Number three is control and predictability. Four is focus of interest. Five is communication and approachability. Six is management philosophy, and number seven is the leadership style. So um, we know that, that Amazon is absolutely customer-focused, but that is not the thing that went wrong, in my uh, uh, opinion, what happened to Amazon and, and how this whole thing went haywire with their, within the organization, etc. I think it is much more uh, the organizational effectiveness. Now, there are two sides of this dimension. One is means-oriented, and the other one is goal-oriented. So let's do a bit of a ping pong here, Peter, between you and I. Means-oriented and goal-oriented. So suppose 
suppose, 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 suppose you run um, an, a nuclear power plant, right? You run a nuclear power plant. Doesn't matter in which country you're you're running this. Uh, you run a nuclear power plant. What is the ultimate goal of a nuclear power plant? What? What? Why do you build a thing like that? And what? What should it do? What's the ultimate goal? Well, if you say nuclear power plant, of course, uh, all all bells start ringing. But at the end of the day, of course, a nuclear power plant is meant to generate energy, right? To, to generate energy or to generate electricity, right? Yes. So you could you could think like, okay, so what what organizational kind of organizational culture do we want? Do we want to really go and focus one hundred percent on generating electricity? Well. In principle, that might make sense. Why do you build a thing like that, which costs billions of dollars? Well, if you think again, however, if you're only uh, thinking about generating electricity, what you're missing is the maintenance of your process. And typically with a nuclear power plant, if you, if you mismanage this process, it could go really horribly wrong. So in terms of a scale from zero to 100, means-oriented, that means, which means we are concerned with the working process itself or goal-oriented. We're concerned, we're concerned with achieving results. Then you initially might think, okay, we're concerned with achieving results. So we're going to aim for 100. But that doesn't make sense. Maybe a power plant, a nuclear power plant, should maybe have a score of 40 only. Because if you do this wrong, the, the consequences of that can go horribly wrong as well. One other example, and then I'll go back to Amazon, is um, if you're an airplane builder, right? Or if you're an airline, what is the, what is the, what is the role of an airline? What, what do you want? What's the ultimate goal of an airline? Peter? The ultimate goal of an airline, it depends. It's to make money, fair enough. But how do you do that? Yes, so uh, all sorts of stuff starts to pop up in my head <laughs> because it, it depends a little bit on... At, at the end of the day, you want to transport tr transport uh, 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 people from A to B in a safe manner. But I'm starting to think like an airline guy here because uh, I remember the Northwest days, like, oh, people just want to go from A to B with their luggage uh, on time. But uh, you, you tell me what you exactly are aiming for here. Well, what I'm, what I'm aiming for here is, of course, if, if your goal is to transport people from A to B, what do you need for that? You need to have your airplanes in the sky, in the air, right? They, these things need to fly. Um, and, but and as an airline, no, and, 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 and I don't think they're really, really bad airlines anymore, at least not in, in the airlines that you and I would fly, is, is that maintenance is a really important thing with airlines as well. So if the goal is to keep airline airplanes in the, in this, in the sky, in the air, then, then it, you could think again, okay, that should be a hundred, a score of a hundred. But if you think maintenance, that's important as well. So maybe even for an airline, maybe that score should be 60 or 50 even. And that's a, that's a long way from the hundred, uh, the hundred, the score of a hundred. It's not percentage. It's simply a score. Um, but if you don't, the consequences are significant. And this happened really, and this is real life as well. There are two big airline uh, aircraft makers. One is Airbus in Europe and one is Boeing in the United States. And we've had this example a couple of years ago with the 737 MAX, um, where, which, was, which was supposed to be on paper a fantastic aircraft and should be delivered really fast. Why? Because there was big competition through Airbus with their A350. So they, they, they did deliver this uh, 737 MAX, I guess a little bit too early. They were too goal-oriented. And hence, I mean, we all know the consequences. Two of these planes crashed and the plane was grounded nation worldwide for, what is it, two years or something like that? 
and that is a, yeah. it's a good example of an in, of an organization which is which becomes too goal oriented and doesn't doesn't think about how how do we do what we do do we do correctly what we do and yeah. um, you want to comment on this because i think you're eager to say something well i i was i mean just to make sure that the, because of the you mentioned uh, the the uh, the max 3737 max and you compared to the Airbus 350 i think what uh, what it was what you probably or, meant to or say the was 320 like, neo or something like yes. that yeah so it's it's the triple seven compared to the airbus 350 which is a similar dynamic uh, so triple mm. seven went, went wrong in the beginning so it was a trial and error and uh, all sorts of issues you can look it up and it took years for the triple seven to really flush out all these errors so it was like a trial and error culture mm -hmm. uh, it sounds scary but we talked about this before it has everything to do with the American culture of just do it as long as it's safe enough. Uh, and uh, and the Airbus 350 was an engineered uh, French, German, European aircraft, and it never really had those problems. And similar mm -hmm. with the three Airbus 320 and the um, and the one that you just mentioned, the uh, 737 Max. Yes. So, but it, it brings us back to I think the the uh, the Amazon. Yes. So getting, coming full circle back to Amazon in this case, of course, Amazon is a very customer-oriented uh, organization, I think, and that's the goal. The goal is, like, like you said earlier, so Amazon doesn't even look at competition. They, the competition is unimportant. We, what we want is we want to sell stuff and we want to get it to you as fast as possible. And, and no matter how, and with drones and same-day delivery and Prime, and, and, and so that's the goal. That is the goal. And they went overboard with that because they forgot about the people. Then the people have to make this work. You can automate it, automate a lot, but you cannot automate yet everything. And therefore, and thereby, people the, the people were forgotten. And I think the company went overboard. They were too goal-oriented. And they didn't look at how to achieve this. And how do you achieve this, which is the means orientation? How do you, do you achieve this ultimate customer service or delivery, if you want, by keeping your people happy as well? Because if you make your people unhappy, well, you know, they, these are the consequences. You go overboard. So that's the most important dimension, I think, that actually played a role in this Amazon story. And the second story is, the second dimension that plays a role is management, which is actually the seventh dimension. Um, and this talks about management styles. And now, in general, you can say there are four styles of, uh, four types uh, of, of management. There's autocratic, there's paternalistic, consultative, and democratic. Now, let me give you an example of what autocratic uh, management is. Autocratic management, Peter, is Peter, coffee now. And Peter goes and gets me a cup of coffee. A paternalistic style of management is Peter, um, I think it's a good idea if you're going to get me coffee right now, but you will get me coffee, right? And then there's consultative, it's like, Peter, I would like a cup of coffee. How do you think I could get that? So I'm consulting with you. And then there's democratic management, which is like, okay, who's in favor of coffee? And then everybody sticks up their hand or some, some no. But in, in actual fact, democratic management is really not a management style because you cannot vote on certain things. Certain things have to be decided by management in this case. Now, I think what happened with Amazon in this case is that um, it, there, it was either led too autocratic or too paternalistic. In other words, you do as I say, and there's no question about this. Now, there you see a nice link, if you want, 
or are cut in into the national culture in the United States because the United States scores relatively low on hierarchy, a score of 38 by heart on this yeah. dimension. And now we're talking about national culture. So telling Americans what to do works until a certain level. But if it becomes too dictatorial or too autocratic or too, too paternalistic, people will turn their backs and, and it'll, it, it will backfire if you want. And this is something that, that happened typically with a company like, like Amazon, an American company. So I think this is what went wrong in, um, in the United States with Amazon in this case. Now, do the same, for instance, in a country like Guatemala, which scores quite high, a score of 90 plus on this dimension hierarchy. People will just simply do what you, what, what you tell them to do by hook or by crook. And, and if not, well, you're out, right? For, for a, a meager amount of, of well, quetzales, they call it here, but dollars, if you want, they will work, they will work, well, they're bum off, if you want. Um, and they will just follow what's being, what's being ordered, even in, in an organization, organizational culture as well. Peter? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, what is interesting is that uh, if you Google uh, organizational culture in uh, Amazon, for example, uh, what the first thing that comes up is uh, articles from 2015 that says purposeful Darwinism. And it was already criticized at the time. It was very harsh, very hard culture. Uh, and over, over the years, you can see multiple articles popping up of problems with uh, employee groups. And uh, if you then listen to the CEO, of course, extremely successful uh, with Amazon, uh, he's talking about the customer only. Like, we are only aiming for the best customer experience. We listen to the customer. We adjust, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we are not worried, as you mentioned, about the competition. And as a result, you're absolutely right. You can see that they may have gone overboard to the point where uh, there's protests. People are walking out. In, uh, in fact, recently, this is this is. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Thanksgiving and Black Friday of 2021, where we where we are now. But there were even uh, outside groups and institutions trying to uh, convince uh, employees to go on strike and to become unionized. And union unionizing for for Amazon is is really problematic for the CEOs. Totally against it and wants to mm -hmm. avoid it. So yes, you're absolutely right that it is probably a a, a consequence of of setting a vision and a mission and executing on it and being very successful uh, with it. By the way, uh, mm -hmm. I have to tell you that I'm a Prime member myself. I'm an Amazon fan. I use Amazon a lot to buy stuff. I have Amazon Prime TV. I have uh, Echoes, the Alexas in the house. Um, the customer service is fantastic. I love I love being an Amazon customer. Mm -hmm. But apparently, uh, some employees tell a slightly different story when it comes to the organizational culture. And I think what you can see now, if you if you look it up, you can see that slowly they're trying to adjust because they know that there's always a breaking point, right? So what is yeah. interesting? Also, you mentioned Guatemala, the Netherlands, and uh, and the United States. Well, you can tell maybe so many Guatemala do this and do that, and they will go a long way. But there's a breaking point. At some point, the mm -hmm. Guatemalteco will also say, I'm walking out of here, right? If you tell a Dutchman what to do, uh, you might, that very first <laughs> that very first time, you might get a no <laughs> as an answer. 
And I think for the American, they will go with you a long way, but there's a breaking point too. Mm -hmm. So if we want to change it, uh, Chris, uh, talking about the process. So now we, we describe what organizational culture is. We had a few examples of the airlines and we talked about the supermarkets and we talked about the national culture. Now we are facing the situation where we recognize uh, for example, in Amazon, that things need to change. What, yeah. what is kind of the process? How do you measure it? What, what are some of the next steps if you want to Good take point. that route? Yes, what, mo what most companies tend to do is they, um, they throw a plate of spaghetti against the wall and they hope that something sticks. So in other words, that is a, it's called a reorganization. And they keep reorganizing until they're blue in the face and or people walk out and people get really tired of, of, of reorganizing. So what makes more sense to do? Well, according to me, according to us, what makes more sense to do is to measure your current culture, right? You measure your current culture and you can do that. This is measurable on these seven dimensions. We have an online questionnaire available that you can fill in and then you have you have an idea, you, have, you know at least what your, uh, if it's my mom calling Peter, then I'm not there, okay? And it's uh, not your mom and also not mine. Okay, good, that's good. Um, so if, what makes more sense to do as an organization is to, to understand where you are. I mean, if I, if, I, if, I spay, if I give you a map, Peter, what use is a map to you? Well, in, end, in the end, a map is useless if you do not know where you are. A map only makes sense if you know where you are. If you want to know where, where you are, you need to measure where you are in this case because you also want to know where you're going. So you measure first, that's the first thing you do. So you create a sort of a dashboard um, and um, what, you do, what you do then, you sit down with management and say, okay, in this case of Amazon, what should we do? What should we do? Uh, what is good for this organization? Apparently what they've done in the past is too much of a good thing and that doesn't work. So maybe the exchange should tone it down. What you then do, is you find so-called uh, levers of change, things that you want to change, that you can change, right? Then the next step is you find champions. And what I mean with champions are people that are, are willing to, to do the change, are, are willing and, and able to do the change. Um, and they will sort of be leading the change. There are always people that are against everything, but there are also people that are, are uh, in favor of things as well. And then what you do is your first steps and you implement what you want to change. So yeah. what's important is, is the, that first measurement. That's, that's really critical. And with that measurement, you sit down with management and you determine, okay, what should be done? Well, um, this, is, this is pretty much the idea that we have in, when it comes to, to organizational culture. What I would like to point out to you as well is that we will do a webinar um, pretty soon as well. And you can find the dates if you go to culturematters.com slash webinar. Um, it's a free webinar. We have about 40 people, uh, 40 places available. So if you're interested in this, then uh, go ahead and register for that. Um, it's free um, and we will show you some slides and we will elaborate on this process as well, but again as well, but then with visual notes as well. And um, you can read the article, Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast, which you can find on their articles on culturematters.com. I think that's it, Peter, for, for this episode of the of the Culture Matters podcast number 159. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do so in uh, iTunes, in Spotify, Stitcher. Um, I recently we added another channel. I 
for now it's Spotify we added as well. If you are on iTunes, then please leave us a review as well. The music you hear in the background comes from Ben Sound. Check them out at bensound.com. I'm Chris Smith. And I'm Peter van der Lende. I think uh, we will be back soon with the webinar, and I think it will be uh, in 2022 we do that, right? Correct. But if you're listening to this in the future, then you can go back to the website and uh, look up that webinar as well, if organizational culture is interesting for you. All right? Yeah. Okay, two weeks ago in episode 158, we talked about North versus South. We elaborated on the differences between North versus South and North being North America, say the US and Canada, and Latin America, we would call it the South. So make sure you check out that episode as well. Peter, thanks for the work. I'll talk to you soon and um, have a great day. Take care. Take care. Bye. Overlooking cultural differences when you're developing your business internationally can be the biggest mistake you can make. Let Chris and Peter help you avoid those mistakes. Get in touch now. Go to culturematters.com.